everybody, it's me, Katie Asaurus, and welcome back to Infinite Quest. We are so excited about this week's episode. Like, the thing that they don't tell you about having a podcast is that sometimes you get to just casually send an email to one of your personal heroes and icons, and they will email you back and say, yes, I would love to be on your podcast. And that is precisely what happened this week. We have non-binary activist, actor, best-selling author, TED Talk giver, all-around incredible human being Jeffrey Marsh with us this week, and I am freaking out. However, before we get to their interview, uh, just a couple of really quick announcements. We are just 10 patrons away from hitting our five-month goal of 100 patrons. If you're interested in supporting us and becoming part of the Infinite Quest family, you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash infinite quest for more information. I'm way too excited about Jeffrey Marsh to do any more announcements, so uh, here we go. Let's start the show. Transition! Hi, everybody. Welcome to Infinite Quest. This week on the show, we have the incomparable Jeffrey Marsh. I'm freaking out. Uh, if you don't know who they are, uh, clearly you never were on Vine. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, back in the day. Back in the day. Um, but Jeffrey, thank you so much for being here. Um, do you want to just like introduce yourself, give, your, uh, give a little bit of background about yourself, and then we can start the, the show? Well, I mean, you covered the important part, which was... <laughs> I was famous on Vine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think I was the most prominent. I might have been the only out non-binary person on Vine to begin with anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, that eventually led to writing a book, being the first non-binary person to talk about it on national television. And my... Um, I, I hope we'll have a chance to talk about what's next for you, Jeffrey, because oh, there's exciting yes. things about to happen. Okay. Oh, man. Now I want to ask that question immediately. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll save it till the it'll end. Be like we'll save it till the end. It'll, it'll be a cliffhanger. Okay. Well, okay. So actually, you just sort of uh, touched on my very first question that I wanted to ask, which was you yeah. were very much one of the, the first non-binary people to be sort of like social media-ing. Um, and so... I, my first question is two-part, which is how you know it's going to be a, a straightforward interview, <laughs> is, one, what was it like when Vine got Thanos? Like, what was that like for you? Like, what what was that experience like? Like, just, like, you know. Well, I, there's, we, we can't talk about it without talking about hate. Yeah, right? yeah. And how back then, back then, in my day, <laughs> whenever that was, 2012, right? It was basically the Wild West. I yeah. mean, now being famous on TikTok and being famous on Instagram, most, well, Twitter too, why not? Throw <laughs> it all in there. There are algorithms that weed out some of the most hateful stuff. Yeah. But that wasn't true on Vine. And I remember a specific, can I tell you a short story? Oh, please tell all the, this is an ADHD podcast. That's all we do is we just go off on story okay. tangents. You're fine. Um, <laughs> So I did a Vine for the 4th of July where I was the Statue of Liberty and I was dancing on my New York City rooftop and it was amazing and went viral. Well, I got this series of comments on Vine. The comments, this is true on TikTok, by the way, as well. The comments are limited to a certain number of characters, mm -hmm. kind of like a, a tweet is. Yeah, yeah. And I on Vine, I got a series. So this person in short bursts told me, gosh, how they were going to find me, 
what kind of gun they were going to use to oh kill me, God. where the bullet would enter my body, and all this sort of stuff that was a really obsessive um, story they had crafted oh my God. and decided to share. And I remember that being a choice point where I could either, I could continue knowing that that was going to be part of the picture and yeah. was that important to me, or I could stop making content. And obviously, I chose to keep going. Well, I'm certainly glad you did. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, you know, eventually the algorithms would get better, and the you know the apps would get better at weeding out the hate. But still, there's hate, and still, it's worth it because yeah. of the people I get to meet and talk to. Yeah, like I you. mean, oh well, Paul, oh, man, I'm gonna put that in my pocket for a sad day. <laughs> but actually, I, I wanted one of my first questions that I wanted to ask you was, or it's not really a question, it's just a, a commendation, is that I've been watching your TikToks lately, and you've been getting some really shitty comments on, on TikTok, too. But the way, <laughs> but like, but honestly, though, honestly, sure. like the grace and compassion and kindness by which you, like, just shut down the trolls, like, I was like, I want to be like this person when I grow. I, I, how did you learn how to do that? It, well, I went to live at a Buddhist monastery. That's the short version. Mm -hmm. The longer version is when dealing with comments like that, I'm not responding to the comment. Mm -hmm. I'm having a different conversation altogether about what hate is, where it is, how it works. So I'm talking to my people, yeah. my community, my family online about this hate comment. And usually with that feature, which I think is actually a lovely feature on TikTok, where you can directly <laughs> respond to a comment, that feature is usually used to, you know, um, get sassy with the person who commented. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I choose to have a different, have a different approach. And I, I get, yeah, obviously people are responding to it. So it's it's just like wonderful. I just wanted to say that because like I like I don't know like it's weird Thank because you. I I have my favorites to make those videos it's, yeah, yeah i mean i really like the comment replies you know but it's weird because like the same thing has happened to me where like somebody comes in and they say something so hurtful and like i mm. i wonder if like you know because i know that you're buddhist and so like you have this like beautiful background of like i don't know being a good person <laughs> but like do you ever have True. that moment of just like oh this motherfucker and then do you have to like breathe through that or like at this point have you like become like just you can just give that love freely without having that moment first well give love freely notice who i'm giving love to the people who are watching that video yeah a lot of people hold up you know you have to love your haters i don't know that's a christian ideal or something <laughs> i'm not yeah. quite sure where it came from and it's not I don't necessarily shoot for that. I don't want to become best friends with, with somebody who thinks I should be dead. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe not. But, <laughs> and that's not what you're saying, obviously. But, you know, people can hold that as an ideal. And I, I just think it's important to have a different conversation altogether. Yeah. That's I really just, the secret to me. It's so... I, I just... Oh, Jeffrey Marshall, thank you so much. And I'm just, all my questions Hi. are lame because I just, I'm like Hi. so excited that you're here. Um, well, Can okay. I tell you somebody, somebody before you go on, somebody, because you made me think of it. Somebody <laughs> on Twitter called me out and said, my vibe is Bob Ross is painting Mr. Rogers. <laughs> that's all I want to be. And I was like, wow, you read me. You read me. <laughs> that's, that's like, does that make you feel 
special? Like, does that, does that having people compare you? Because that happens to me and I never know what to do with it because I'm like the least wholesome person in the world. Like, how does, like, how does that, like, how do you respond when people are like, you are like the epitome you have of all your that wholesome is. Side. You I, have I feel like I'm wholesome, but I, I also feel like a lot of it is like, I, I've really been working on it because when I first started TikTok, I was very like sarcastic and I would get like really mm-hmm. shitty. And then I, and then I like, and I, then I learned from people like you and I realized that like, there is such a better conversation to have in the community. And so like, that's something that I learned and, and like took from you uh, and like, you know, and other creators. And so like, I feel really grateful, but I always get really nervous. Cause they're like, you're like the Mr. Rogers of ADHD. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm within arm's reach of like seven different sex toys. Like it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, people should Google it. Mr. Rogers talked about being attracted to men as well as women. So Mr. Rogers goes deeper than (laughs) we in interviews in public talked about it. This is so, this is breaking news for me. I'm I'm gonna have to do some immediate googling. I have to I have to um I have to push back because you should take more credit than you're giving yourself. Well, hey, thanks. You're welcome. Because it's not like, um, how do I want to say this? Your content changes lives and saves lives. And it's not about being some sort of perfect ideal of like acting like Mr. Rogers or something, you know? (laughs) What people are recognizing, I think, is that Mr. Rogers was authentic and so are you. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. That's really nice of you. I didn't even come here for the compliments. You know what I mean? And that's different. That is different than you being Mr. Rogers. Yeah. You know, you're you. I mean, it is. And that's what people recognize. And well, and that's actually, that's a great segue to the next question um, that I was going to ask you because I, so I've watched your TED Talk a number of times. Like your TED Talk, I just want to let you know, your TED Talk has gotten me through some (laughs) rough days, just so you know. So it's a thing. But but in your TED Talk, you you talked so eloquently and so wonderfully about this idea of like being too much. Um, And one of the, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the podcast is because like the way that you talked about becoming like the poster child for like the queer community, like we've accidentally become the poster children for like the ADHD community. And it's, and it's, Yes. A weird experience being like a, a role model and 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 feeling like you're too much and all that stuff. And so, one of the things that I was wondering is, can you speak to just that experience? Like, how did you come up with the idea of turning your too much into something amazing? <laughs> it was a really long well, question. I'm so, I get so excited, and then I have to quantify it for like ten minutes. <laughs> No, I mean, it really has a lot to do with your work. We do the same thing, you and I, (laughs) because there's a certain way that you. So first of all, there's power in the process of coming out, which I which I put in quotes, right? Not not everybody does or has to, (laughs) but, you know, coming out as having a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. coming out as being LGBTQ, coming out as having, you know, loving comic books i don't know what right (laughs) so people need to come out various times Mm -hmm. and there's power in speaking your truth that's always true yeah but there's also power in showing other people it's possible to enjoy this thing they were taught to judge Mm -hmm. and that to me is the real special sauce (laughs) and to me I, i you know i realized that being openly, beautifully, wonderfully happy 
and being queer was actually quite a bold statement. Yeah. Because number one, people don't see it a lot. But number two, LGBTQ kids are taught to be sad and upset and self-judgy. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So then those lengthy pauses that we have to edit out while I think about my thoughts. Um, so I loved it. It's, well, it's just like okay. that thoughtful. You, you may edit out whatever you like, but <laughs> we try to be like I really was... careful about it. But like, I was like train of thought. Like I just like go off the rails cause I get excited about new ideas. So I always have to like pause, gather my thoughts that like come back into it. Um, but oh, that's good. That's what makes it good. <laughs> I think it's I think it's it's at least relatable because a lot of times people will email us and be like, you talk like I do. You just like go off on a tangent and then you somehow bring it back around and I'm like, yes, success. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so in in talking about, you know, kids being taught to be sad and 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 sort of like internalizing mm. this idea that there's there's something wrong with them or they're something broken, which has really become part of my message is like you are not broken. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm really curious is that you talk a lot about the importance of being yourselves, uh, you know, yourself, like authentically yeah. and beautifully yourself, which you just, they need to make a statue of you and just call it being yourself because that's like, you are the epitome of that. Um, but one of the things that I find, and, and especially like in my audience is like a lot of our like ADHD neurodiverse audience are just yeah. starting to learn that they might have a neurodivergency or they're just starting that process of getting diagnosed. Um, do you think that a person can be themselves before they feel that they know who they are? Oh, gosh. Um, you could be yourself any time of the day. <laughs> I mean, if you're upfront about not knowing, mm -hmm. that to me is the same as being yourself. So. And mostly if you're upfront about playing around, exploring, being open to whatever you find, I mean, that's the essence of being yourself to me. Do you think that develops like as as you gain that confidence, like you take that step forward into saying, you know, I'm, I'm LGBTQ or I like comic books or whatever, and that like step forward, do you think that like it just builds the confidence grows as you as you sort of come into that identity? Yes, and if I could use the phrase from improv class, yes, and <laughs> you need to come at it from two different directions. So yes, we're changing the world, but we're also changing ourselves. So you're going to come out in the way we've been talking about in some way, mm -hmm. and someone's going to have a negative reaction. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to lay the groundwork of liking yourself so much that other people's reactions don't matter. Easy to say, not so easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you do you think that people are are like, you know, people in general, all of them? Do you think that there is a fear of sort of really examining yourself and getting to know yourself because of that perceived rejection? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. That was an Eric, was an Eric right? question. question. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> You're passing the buck. I like it. Eric gave me this list of questions and I was like, okay, I'll ask him, but I don't, I don't know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> I, you know, it's so, well, here's what you make me think of. So the 
on TikTok, there are these communities that develop around, say, ADHD mm-hmm. or autism or being non-binary. And more than Vine, much, much more than Vine, more than Instagram, more than any other platform, on TikTok, these different communities are seeing, supporting, loving, listening to, holding up, um, stitching, if people know the lingo, (laughs) the other communities. And I've never felt so beautifully embraced for who I am. And the thing we all have we all, the thing we all have in common is we were told that we're broken, like you said, yeah. so eloquently. Has that, has that approach or has that changed the way that you approach making your content, like having a more accessible mm. community? I think so. Well, I mean, yeah, naturally. The, the form, the function follows the form. Yeah. Yeah. The themes are the same that I was doing years ago mm-hmm. on Vine <laughs> when I was saying there's nothing wrong with you. But the way that you can interact is really something exciting. I think TikTok really, it feels like a family to me, really got got it, some things right. Yeah, I mean, that that has definitely been our experience, like just building like an ADHD neurodiverse community. Like that was not what I expected when I started shit posting about boxes. But like, here we are, you know, a year later and I'm talking with you. So we, I don't know, something cool happened. Yeah. Everybody, you did it. Congratulations. You made it to the middle of the episode. Time for a water break. You all probably know the deal by now, but we wanted to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you in part by our kind sponsors at Zelool. That's Z-E-E-L-O-O-L.com. And if you use code KATIO, that's C-A-T-I-E-O, you'll get 10% off your order of glasses. I probably should have said that they sell glasses first, but they do. And they're our sponsors. So you should buy some glasses from them. Cool. Good talk. I also wanted to let you know that if any of you are Twitch streamers, Eric and I both just got new Twitch account Twitches. I already had a Twitch. <laughs> That's a funny myoclonic dystonia joke. That's that quality top-notch humor that you come for. You're welcome. It's <laughs> the stupidest joke I've ever made on this podcast. So mine is twitch.tv slash katieosaurus, but the O is a zero because somebody took the good spelling. And Eric's is twitch.tv slash heygood. Uh, I go live every Monday through Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, Eric will be streaming as he wishes. Um, we'll also put those links in the show notes just so they're a little bit easier to find. Um, but yeah, if you do Twitch type stuff, come on by and give us a follow. All right. So lastly, uh, last week, Eric decided that it would be a very good idea to include a secret password at the end of the episode. Hey, this is Eric in the edit. It was a fantastic idea. You're welcome. And he told everybody to email the secret password to the Infinite Quest email. uh, And if you did, we would give you a shout out. I want to be very clear in this moment that I am the person who handles the Infinite Quest emails, uh, so it has fallen to me to give the shout-outs. So here we go. 
Uh, Infinite Quest would like to shout out the following people. Scribbles! Hooray for Scribbles! And Chelsea, and Michaela, and Stacy, and everybody's favorite tracker of meds and water on every single live that I have ever done. M, thank you very much for your existence. Jillian, and Caleb, and Shannon, and Amber, and Chess, and Annika, and Joshua, and Sheza. Thank you all for uh, listening all the way to the end of the episode. I don't want to give anything away, but there might be a secret password at the end of this episode. Okay, uh, back to the episode. Transition. So one of the things that we uh, really like to do on on Infinite Quest is like we like to use our platform for good. Uh, and one of the things that you do is you work really uh, closely with Glisten. And so we were wondering if you would just kind of talk about Glisten and let people know like what it is and like why it's cool and, and all of that good stuff. Of course, GLSEN is an organization that helps LGBTQ youth to be safe in schools. 2021, who knew we are still in a place where lots of parts of the country, it's not safe to yeah. come out. It's not safe to be yourself. Nope. And so GLSEN specifically works with them. And actually one, one beautiful thing that GLSEN does is produces, they do an annual survey so it's really hard to help a problem, to move a problem. Problem is even a problematic word. <laughs> it's really hard to change a situation yeah. without knowing the details of it. Mm -hmm. So they go to the kids, they go to the teachers, they go to the schools and ask questions and find out how many are doing this and how many are doing that so that they can be really effective. And their school survey is something I still use in my work for subjects to talk about and things mm -hmm. that people who might follow me need. That's what, how did you wind up uh, finding out about them and, and working with them? Uh, they slid into my DMs. <laughs> how <laughs> else do ain't you that, think Ain't that just work? the way? <laughs> just, this is the story of my life now. It's just like, just like, oh yeah, this is, they just messaged me. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. It's, it's fine. That's, a totally valid and authentic way of getting involved with something like that. Exactly. Um, exactly. Okay, so this is the this is the part where we're like I'm going to unabashedly just ask you for that good good Jeffrey Marsh advice for our listeners. Um, okay, so, you got it. I just like you so much. The answer is there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you, right? You are not broken, and there's nothing wrong with you. Um, but one of the one of the big things is is that a lot of our listeners, a lot of our fans are like in this really unique place in their lives where they are younger um, than we are uh, by some degree, um, but they are just sort of starting out their journey of, you know, self-discovery and diagnosis like I talked about, but a lot of them want to get involved in activism and a lot of them want to get involved in speaking up for the community and, and engaging with the community. What advice do you have to give to those uh, people? That's an easy one. I got a very <laughs> these hard-hitting journalistic answer. questions. <laughs> I've got a very Jeffrey answer, and my very Jeffrey answer is: you got to do the self-compassion, mm -hmm. self-kindness. So yes, we want you. You're a valid part of the movement, and I actually am very. I'm like you. I'm very weird. I hope you don't mind me calling you weird. <laughs> that, you know what? Um, it's, as from you, I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> uh, I'm very weird in that I never really even think about how old a person is mm -hmm. when I'm interacting with them. 
And I think that a six-year-old's perspective really to me is as valuable as a 96-year-old's or a 46-year-old's, right? And so if you're a young person, you're absolutely welcome in the movement and your ideas are welcome. And it's the same advice for someone who's 50. You have to be able to fill up your own tank if you're going to go up against the forces of hate. It's just just how it has to be or else you'll burn out and you'll not only will you not be an effective activist in quotes you'll actually just get bitter and and i don't know what slink away from <laughs> activism so i mean yeah. that's a wonderful answer so then part two is how do i do that how do i fill my tank how do i start that process do you have any advice for anybody who's going well well that sounds hard <laughs> Yeah, an easy one is to create a space with yourself where you can say anything. So in How to Be You, there's an exercise. So it's the book I wrote is partly a workbook because I want people to have their own experience. And I want people to feel like we wrote the book together. Mm -hmm. So there are sections that the reader writes as well. And so we end up with, a, with a, an art project together and there's one exercise in there where you write a dialogue with your hero and you take on both parts so you really want practice being a mentor to yourself if that makes sense oh it absolutely does it's it's wonderful um i Not was that needing oh go ahead what no no you go you, you go, go. <laughs> you're the guest you talk no, i was just i was just gonna <laughs> i was just gonna add don't forget where you're going. I was going to add, you know, you, not that it's bad to need a mentor. You're going to be both sides of the conversation. You need a mentor sometimes. You can embody being a mentor sometimes. And that's called human yeah. life. <laughs> that, yes. Do you remember I've, what you were going to say? I do. And I'm really proud of myself. Um, so you, you just said it, uh, but you wrote a book, How to Be You. Um, and it, it did okay for itself, from what I understand. Well, um, well. Yes, uh, but so honestly, what I wanted to know is what was it like uh, writing a book that broke genres? Like, what was what was that process like? Like coming up for the idea of this book, and then like, well, it's kind of a self help book, but it's also a workbook, but it's also kind of a biography. Like, what was it like realizing that you were really and truly like writing a book that was just going to like sort of break the convention of how we understand how books are supposed to work? <laughs> you know the answer to that because you break the conventions every day, don't you? I don't know. I don't feel like like this is a true story and oh no I'm gonna have yeah. a podcast breakthrough and Eric isn't here and so now he's gonna be mad that he missed the podcast breakthrough but I, th I think well let Eric be jealous <laughs> it's true That's you can just I listen say. to it in the editing room and be like oh I missed it but I think like I still want to know your answer because I'm fascinated about how you came up with the okay. idea for the book but I think one of the things that I have started realizing as I've kept making my content and advocating for this community and all of this stuff is that at some point it it just starts feeling so natural that I don't think of it in terms mm. of like I'm doing anything that is a big deal. Like I wake up in the morning and I pick a topic and I sit at my kitchen island and I clear off the dirty cups and I film a video. 
And and then, but, you know, and I know you've talked about this as well, but then you get an email and you say, like, your videos are changing my life and, and, and you know, mm. thank you so much. And I go, I just talked about ADHD at my kitchen table. And so my guess, I don't know, I'm just going to guess what your answer is, is you have gotten so used to thinking outside of the box and thinking so creatively in your work that that's how you came up with it. But now I just answered the question for you, which is not how this is supposed to work at all. <laughs> that's, that's not a podcast. <laughs> that's not a podcast. It's just um, Katie projecting. <laughs> and you happen to be correct. So A plus on that. Yes. For me, when you were speaking, all I could think of was being non-binary mm. and how that set me up to think outside the conventions and the rules and you know color outside the lines to begin with so when i went in to penguin when i met with penguin random house and told them you know i want to do this weird wacky idea it just made sense to me mm -hmm. and they could kind of flow on that uh, because it just was so clear to me that it had to be something really different to suit the message. That's really cool. I like, I just, like, but, I don't know. Can I tell you another, a little story about please, the Please tell me all, tell me your entire life okay, story, good. please. I will sit here quietly <laughs> and just ask the occasional question. I'm here for it. Let's go. So it was genre bending and genre melding and, <laughs> and all of that wonderful stuff. But it was also that I was the first out non-binary person to work with a big five mm -hmm. um, publisher. So in the in the United States, big five is um, Simon Schuster, Penguin Random House, Hatchet, you know, all the all mm -hmm. the ones that that are the biggest. And I worked with Penguin and they returned my manuscript the editor returned my manuscript with all the they's changed to he <gasps> no and said they is not grammatically correct and we had to have an email exchange <laughs> about, oh, no. <laughs> about how singular they is correct and that's what i use and et cetera. Et cetera. my tummy so hurts for you in this <laughs> moment <laughs> It what? wasn't only pushing the boundaries of what a book could be in yeah. the finished product. I was pushing some boundaries inside the publisher about what an author could be. Really, I never yeah. thought of it like that, but you you helped me see that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it didn't feel so good at the time. Well, no, no, I can imagine. Like, oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but okay, so then and. If you do not want to answer this question, it is okay. We can edit this part out. But do you, uh, being Eric. being the first, you know, uh, like non-binary person and, and doing all this stuff and like having like you the first, the first, the first, the first, like you have so many firsts. So you've got a little trophy case full of firsts. Do you ever feel like pressure? Like, do you ever feel like you're like you have like this like responsibility to like this community in a way that is like hard? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? Um, That's the best answer to that question. <laughs> you know, I used to, and I can certainly talk about that. But I had to make a decision at some point whether I wanted to quote unquote represent mm -hmm. non-binary people, mm -hmm. and. I realized not to 
sound um, unkind, but I realized if someone is not with it enough to realize that not every non-binary person is the same yeah, and acts like me or looks like me or whatever, if they're not with it enough to realize that, that's actually not my problem. Yeah. And that realization helped me to just, you know, be myself, which ironically makes me a better representation, I guess. I didn't know that I really needed to hear that today, but apparently I did because now I'm like a little emotional about because it. of the work you do. You know? Yeah, it's it's I don't and know how like, you represent the community. Yeah, yeah, it's well, and and one of the things is like I went back and I watched your TED talk this morning because I just was like, oh, I need to prepare for this interview, and like one of the things that really hit me was like the last time I watched it, I was not getting emails from people being like, you are saving my life, mm. and now I am. And I had that moment of like, I normally I would watch something like that. And I'd go, oh, well, that's for a fancy famous person to deal with. And then, and then I was like, no, that's my experience now. And like, I I worry so much about representing the community and saying the right thing and, and whatever. And, and I try really hard to be authentically myself, but like sometimes I fail and sometimes I use the wrong word or the wrong terminology or whatever. And so, yeah, I just like, I wanted to ask you, because that was not for the podcast, that was just for Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Katie. Um, sometimes you are also pushing the movement forward. So sometimes you're also coming up with the language Yeah, that's have, next. Have you ever had that experience of, of being like, oh, well, I guess like I'm going to have to be the person who opens that door? Uh, yeah. And there was something you you made so clear when you were talking about being the first, the first, the first, the first. There are so many heroes that walked the footsteps before me. So yeah, the first to be at a major publisher, but how many people had to publish books who were out and non-binary before I could do that? Yeah. Right. And it is all a continuum. And I, I hope, you know, every darn non-binary person <laughs> listening will just do, you know, break down the barriers that are left really quickly. That's lovely. That's that's a really nice answer. Thanks for that nice answer. Um, okay, this is this is one where this is just for the this is just for the the parents and 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 the the, the mm -hmm. folks in the room. Um, but so you are what I would pretty much consider an expert on on the experience of being non-binary. And I know that you've talked about this before in like a couple of different interviews. But like, what advice do you have to give to people who are who are just like oh that person is non-binary and i don't know how to do the pronoun question and the and the thing and the ask for uh -huh. the what they need because i get asked that question all the time and i know what my katie answer is but i'm interested to see what your answer is oh you gotta go first what's your Mine katie is, answer my katie answer is um very exciting it's have you considered talking to them about it uh, which is my, like, which is a quantifiably across the board, the answer that I just have to give all the time for everything. Like the sex questions and the partner questions and the romance questions and the idiot. Like, I was like, well, have you considered having a conversation with the person? And then they go, oh no, I don't want to do that though. And I go, well, I don't know. What do I do? I don't know what to tell you. So I don't know if it's you, a, had, I just want to know if you had no, any magical exactly advice. <laughs> no, it's exactly the same. And there are two things in that. Number one, this, the, the respect involved in allowing someone to speak for themselves. Yeah. That is so inherent. But the other thing is communication makes our lives smoother, easier. Yeah. 
there's so much drama that is cut out if you just speak plainly. Mm-hmm. Now, I, it has to be a balance, I suppose. And I'm, I know you, you probably feel the same way in your work. I, Jeffrey, have chosen this life mm-hmm. of fielding these questions all the time. There are non-binary people who might be your coworker who are, I don't know what they are, introverted or annoyed that day, or, you know, you might run into issues with the talk directly to them approach, but I still think it's the best way to go. Absolutely. Because then you get the answer. And you get the answer, or at least you get a, I'm not comfortable answering that. And then you know that that is a boundary and you can, you can go ask somebody, you can go ask Jeffrey Marsh on TikTok. That's, that's fine. Yes. You can look (laughs) it up on Tumblr. If you really want. You can you can go like, man, I I miss the glory days of Tumblr. Like 2012 Tumblr, that was a that's a it was hell of a thing. Pretty sweet. That was a pretty pretty, pretty sweet, sweet thing. <laughs> okay, um, pausing. Sorry, Eric. I'm sorry. So at the at the very beginning of the interview, why would you apologize to Eric? Because <laughs> I apologized constantly all the time. For it's like it's my fun cool thing that I do. So first of all, Eric is waiting patiently. I am. Second of all, pausing is a human thing, and I guess Eric will take it out if Eric wants to. I did not. It's true. What I know is going to happen is now that we're talking about it, they're all going to get left in, and then it's going to look even sillier when I'm like, sorry for the trouble, because they're just all going to be in the podcast. It's fine. That is exactly what happened. That's how my life works. Um, but at the at the <laughs> focusing, we're getting back on track. At the very beginning of the podcast, uh, we we were talking about what's next, mm. and so now we're at the part where I ask you, what's what's next? What you got going on? Do you have anything that you want to tell us about? Any big news? Any any cool well, two plugs? Things. My audiobook version of How to Be You is coming in April. It is my voice. Okay. <gasps> and you. <laughs> We talked about before we started recording that I'm sitting in a closet in my home to get the best <laughs> sound quality. And this is the, also the closet where the audiobook was recorded. So that's one. <laughs> but I also have something top secret to tell you that I'm actually not supposed to tell oh you, gosh, but I'm going this, to anyway. Is this an Infinite Quest exclusive or should we no, edit this No, you can out? keep it in. Um, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to... T- I'm. I'm in the process. It hasn't been sold, but I'm in the process of pitching a TV show in <gasps> the tradition of the folks we've mentioned already in this podcast. <laughs> ah! Oh, I just made a terrible noise into the microphone. I'm so excited for you. That's so amazing. So watch for that. TV tends to be a slow business, so watch for it in a few months. But yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Oh my goodness! Congratulations, no, that's truly remarkable. Uh, another like, thing, I might is, be the first. That, at, how does that feel? Of that list, right? I'm just thinking. I'm just. I'm just. I'm literally having a profound moment about like, like the the kids who will watch that show and why that's important. I um, that is that's yeah. I'm right there. That's with you. so special. That's yeah. That's incredible. Congratulations. That's. Fuck me, that's great. That's just, I'm just happy. End of the podcast. No. Um, well, okay, so we, uh, as we're, this is the wrapping up yes. time. Um, so we have like three kind of standard wrapping up I'm questions aware. that we ask. Number one, do you, <laughs> I know, you're like, 
I've done podcasts before. No, I've listened be, like, to yours, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, then you might know the extra special question we have to ask at the end. But before that, uh, just do you have anything that you want to say to our listeners? Any pieces of advice, little little chicken nuggies of wisdom um, that you hope more people will hear? There is nothing wrong with you. And the realization of that is not going to be perfect. You're going to build in fits and starts. You're going to glue things together. You're going to grab things from friends. But eventually, you'll have a strong foundation. You'll have a strong sense, a true experience that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. When that happens, email me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love those stories and I want to hear about it. When that happens, you'll have more choices. So you should be doing your work to get to that spot. Like, that's, you just wrote episode one of your show. Good job. <laughs> that could be the opening where you put on your cardigan. That'll be great. I assume there's going to Do be a that cardigan. Change my shoes. <laughs> you gotta, yes. you gotta toss the shoe. Apparently, did you know that apparently Mr. Rogers never actually tossed the shoe? This is like a whole thing. Oh, on the really? Air. Like, I, there's like a, I yeah. read a thing where it's like there's like I controversy about whether that, or not really, so. he did, and then Tom Hanks did it. I don't know. I forgot. It was fine. I have ADHD. Um, Okay, so the most important but question. Google Mr. Rogers' bisexuality. Google I'm, it. I'm I'm going like when I tell you I'm going to immediately after we stop <laughs> this. That's number one what I'm about to do. Um, so the most important question that we ask you on a minute quest. You're welcome, Eric. Mm -hmm. If you could know every language in the world or play every musical instrument in the world, which would you pick and why? I would play every musical instrument in the world. That is not the answer I thought you were going to give. Because that language to me is the universal language of love. Aww. Giving a gift of art, of a song. You are so wonderful. <laughs> Giving the gift of music is evokes feeling and connection. And sometimes you need to be in a place without words. That was the best answer we've ever had on this podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> you can put that first in your trophy case, too, if you want. That's for you. You can have that. <laughs> okay. We'll do. All right, I'm so well, glad we can make Eric jealous. I'm, I'm super excited because I just know he's going to be in the, uh, the little editing room just being like, ah, and it's going to be fun because he's going to be like, well, why didn't you ask them this? And I'm going to be like, well, because I forgot, because I got excited, because that's what I do. Because so we were fine. living in the moment. We were living Eric. in the moment. We were just having a con <sighs> We were just chilling. We were just having a conversation. It's fine. I don't know why we I was talking vibing. about that. We were vibing. That's what the, the youths say on the TikToks. Um, they do. They do. <laughs> it's like I was trying to think of something clever, but then I was like, nah, I got can nothing. Can confirm. Can confirm. Them them Gen Zs. How's your middle part doing, by the way? Have you have you done your Gen Z middle part yet? Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> Just I refuse. I'm like, no. 
I'm not. You can't Absolutely take. Absolutely not. You can take my side part from my cold, dead hands. Um, exactly. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, Jeffrey Marsh, thank you so much for being here. It is truly an honor to have spoken with you. Ha ha ha! On you, Eric, for not being here. Um, go check out Jeffrey's stuff. We'll put all of their information in like the show notes and all that good stuff. We'll link on the website. Um, but yeah, from Infinite Quest. Thank you for being truly one of the most remarkable and excellent human beings walking the planet right now. And I say that with absolutely, <laughs> like, just absolute authenticity. Thank you so much for existing in this world. I mean this in every way. It was my pleasure. Thank you. The secret password is Snicklefritz. However, this time, you must comment it in the chat of either my or Katie's Twitch stream. That's twitch.tv slash heygood and twitch.tv slash katiosaurus. But the O is a zero because somebody is faster than her. Ha 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 ha!